Yo, welcome to the Brooks Show. It's me, your man Brooks. We're testing this shit out. Uh. Yo, yo, B-R-O-O-K-S show. We gonna fuck it up because you know it. Uh. Yeah. The Brooks Show. We're gonna fuck you up in your ears. We're gonna give you stuff to listen to. Talk about your fears, your shit, and everything we know. We're gonna do it all on the Brooks Show. Brooks Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Brooks Show. It's me, your host, Brooks Heatherly. This is episode 7. It's July 2nd, 2012. Welcome back. As you all have been listening, we've had a few different guests the last couple weeks. Still mixing things up, still trying to find the right people for the right show. But you know what? We're figuring it out. And if you guys have any ideas or if you want to come on the show, just hit me up on um, Facebook, Twitter, Ustream, BitTorrent, Utorrent. Copy. Copy and paste me on your um, your emails, on your posts. Tag me on Facebook, hashtag Brooks, Brooks Show. Brooks Heatherly, just hit me up. You know, I'll be there. I'm there for you. You can also check out our live show. We got a live show coming up at the Ice House next Tuesday with Colby Peters. And then we got another show over at the Comic Con on July 16th and 17th in Hall H. And if you really want to see um, what's going on new, you can pick up our new DVD, The Brooks Show Live. It's a DVD recording of all of our fucking amazing adventures on the road. And then I have an audio book. Yes, an audiobook coming out next week. It's called Brooks Looks. It's all about fashion and style and me talking about that kind of shit. I'm really good at it. And I've also got a um, new um, YouTube channel called uh, Brooks, Brooks TV. Brooks.tv, it's a YouTube channel. We're showing videos, clips from the show, clips from my friends. We're doing all kinds of shorts and shit. Anyway... Uh, let's get today's show started. We're going to call up Colby Peters. He's coming back on the show for a little bit. Uh, I don't know how much time he has, but uh, we will try to stretch it out. Here we go. Call him Colby. Let's see how that goes. going to start ranting. Waiting. Okay, it's ringing. Calling Colby Peters. Hey, what's up, Brooks? Colby Peters. Hey, what's happening, dude? Not much, bro. Welcome back to the Brooks Show. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course, of course, man. It's good to have you back. I'm glad I called the right person this time. I didn't get your mom. <laughs> yeah, so I was actually going to ask you, man, if you uh, did call the right person or if you uh, wanted to me to call my mom or, or three-way or something. Oh, yeah, three-way, me, you, and your mom. That sounds sexy. <laughs> <laughs> So what's going on with you, Colby? What's going on today, man? What are you doing? Uh, today, I'm just getting ready for an open mic event that I host on Monday nights. Actually. Oh, cool. Cool. A music yeah. music open mic? Yeah, music, comedy. I mean, it's really well, whatever you want to do. I mean, if you okay. want to dance, you can come do that technically. There's, wow. There's really no rules, no boundaries, no limits. Nice. That sounds pretty exciting. Um, And where is that at? That is at the Haven in Orlando, Florida. Okay, the Haven in Orlando. What kind of spot are we talking about here? Is this like a a small club? Is it a theater? What's that? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. it resembles a, it greatly resembles a strip club atmosphere. Um, okay. No, I'm, I'm kidding. No, it's, just, it's, it's just like your, it's your typical like, it's like a bar is what it is typically. Cool. You know, it's, and they, they they host shows and uh, what's happening is they have a main stage and we basically took the opposite side of the bar, not the like uh, not the main stage area, but the other right, side. Right. Of, there's like a I don't even know what you call it a booth or you know you uh, something with two stairs. But you walk up, it's kind of like this little corner that has couches in it, and sure. it's, it's elevated slightly above the uh, the rest of the floor, and we just kind of set up a, a small PA over in that section of the place, so nice. it's kind of like a, yeah, it's a pretty cool setup. Sounds fun. Um, so did you start this? You say you're running it, or are you ho- just hosting, or what's that about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It started off as uh, me just playing there, kind of like just to play on Monday nights, but then uh, how did this happen? Let's see, I called a few friends and asked a few friends if they would, like, come out and play. Like, you know, just come hang out. And uh, I know, like, literally, like, 85% of the people I know play. So by me and friends to hang out, it turned out into everybody, hey, you want to play? Oh, then, you know, the next person, oh, you want? Yeah, go. Just turned into an open mic. Just like I started off jamming, and now everyone's coming to play and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's just whoever wants to play just show up and play. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool because... uh, a lot of us get together. It's a good hangout, man. It's like a, kind of like where a lot of people go on Monday nights to kind of hang out with each other. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. So who are you looking forward to seeing there tonight? Any uh, f- special friends? Maybe some ladies? What's go- What's there? Uh, let's see. What is going to be there tonight? I, tonight, I'm not really sure. I, I know of uh, a good five people that are going to be performing tonight, and then the rest are going to be just people who show up, so... Mm-hmm. It's always awesome, though, man. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's been like, you know, like a. I guess surprisingly, man. There's been some amazing talent who's come through and just shown up out of nowhere, and just you know, right. the place. That's cool. Very cool. Um, what are you gonna play tonight? Uh, I, I'm not sure, man. I've been, I play every week, so mm-hmm. I kind of just. What I had been doing, I've been testing out all the songs that I had written. Right. That's kind of like my, my testing ground, so to kind of really know what I want to actually focus on, like, you know, when the time mm-hmm. comes to put out put out some music, like, what, what songs I really want to focus on. Cool. So are you, yeah. like, you're playing the same stuff every week? Like, do you have new songs, or is it, like, a pr- like a practice, like, you play a song and then maybe change it for the next week? Yeah, so I'm juggling, uh, let's see, and I have, like, 25 songs that I'm kind of, like, 25 to 30, so mm-hmm. I'll just pick three to five of them. Yeah, different songs pretty much every week. And then, cool. yeah, I have, like, my set five, you know, that always work well with audiences that uh, people seem to like universally. Mm-hmm. And uh, it depends, man. If the place is packed, I'll obviously I'll play some of those songs. If it's a little less packed, I kind of mm-hmm. try out the other ones. Nice. That's cool. Um, does it get very packed? Like, wh- like, what are we talking about here? Like, the place fills up. How many people are there? So it's like, so it's packed for a night like this is like 30, 30 people to 40 people mm-hmm. is pretty crowded for the section of the bar that it's in. Sure. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's a solid say, crowd. Uh, yeah, we, I'd say the biggest crowd, yeah, was probably 50 plus. And at, and at that, it was like, yeah, man, it was, it was happening. Nice. Very cool. So. Thank uh, you. Yeah, you are welcome. <laughs>
Now we got. Now we've finished plugging your New Haven show. Let's get real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I feel like like we've been a little stilted. We're just talking straight music all the time, and I love music. That's awesome. But let's talk more about each other. Like, tell me about you, Colby. How are you feeling today? I feel um, honestly, I feel about a seventy-five percent focus level. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Little, little tired. Went to bed a little late. Right. Um, actually, fell asleep last night watching The Sixth Sense, which is good I movie. thought was impossible to do because the, the movie's so good. Good movie. But I, I, I don't know, man. I was just. You've so seen it before. It's kind of it gets a little slow. I could see you passing out. Yeah, but it's, I've actually lately been on a, an M Night Shyamalan movie watching spree. He's good, man. Or he was good. I mean, those early movies were the best. I loved Six Sense, Signs, Unbreakable. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite M Night Shyamalan? My favorite M Night Shyamalan. I'm going back and watching them all again, but I would say. Oh, let's see. I just saw Unbreakable for the first time. That was awesome. I, That's I, good. I, man, I'm going to say it's probably going to be The Sixth Sense, but mm-hmm. I really like Signs a lot, too. Right. And you know what? I've never seen a movie of his that, like, whether I thought, no matter what I thought about it, no, no, whether I thought it was good or bad, I was always entertained like, sure. by all of his movies. My least favorite is The Happening. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty weak with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Have you ever um have you ever heard that clip of Mark Wahlberg from The Happening? Like they have a like a meme for it online where they keep repeating the couple lines he says. Do you remember that part? What's the uh is it the no? Yeah. Yeah. It's that part. It's like the no, why? Like when the girl the girl's like going crazy or some shit and he's like He's like, <laughs> she like asks him something, and he's like, "No, why? No." There's like a thing online. Um, I heard this on another podcast. It was like they played the clip too, and it was it was so funny because he they turn it into a song. It's like, "No, why? No, 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 why?" That's awesome. Yeah, totally, dude. Okay, I was gonna bounce it on back to Sixth Sense. Do you know that The Sixth Sense was based on an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Dude, are you, wait, you're, that, I was just telling everybody that last night. Yeah, I did actually know that. You knew? Yeah, it's the episode where they're, wait, I believe the girl is dead, Mm -hmm. and they were going to prom, they got a car wreck on the way to prom, and so the whole episode, yeah, nobody sees her except for the guy. Dude, it's literally, it is, like, the Sixth Sense, like, came directly from it, man. For sure. Yeah, I know. I, I, I actually, I didn't know before, like, a couple of weeks ago, but um, someone at work told me. I don't know how it ca- came up then, too, because Sixth Sense is, like, old now. I mean, it's, like, ten years old now, but for some reason, we were talking about it a couple of weeks, too, and he said, yeah, it's Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, and I was like, whoa, I didn't know that before. Did you know that before? Uh, no, no. The, I, I, the first time I saw it. I mean, I saw see, the first time I watched The Sixth Sense. I was like twelve years old, so thirteen years ago. Yeah. But uh, I do. I think like within the last three or four years, I don't know where I heard it. I, dude, I want to say I heard it in an interview or something. Mm-hmm. I think I think I was watching an interview with Mike Shyamalan. I think he might have mentioned it. You know, really it know, must man, have came out know. recently or something because yeah, it's been talked about. Like like I said, someone told me about it at work and. 
I don't know why it would come up now so much later. Because, like, I don't even think Eminite has a new movie right now, does he? I don't think so. Not that, not that I know of. I was going to say, too, like, when we were talking about him, um, like, his la- latest movies have been kind of lame. I haven't seen his latest movies, to be honest. Like, what, latest movies have been what? Okay, okay. First one I think of that was pretty bad was Lady in the Water. Do you remember that? Yeah, I saw it movie. Yeah. Did you like it? I thought it was interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. I can't say it was, like, one of my... It was one of my least favorite M.I. Shyamalan uh, movies. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's, like, you know, it's kind of weird, and the pool thing, like, it was... It was kind of like The Happening, like when you said The Happening was weak too. Like they're both kind of just, they're in the same M. Night Shyamalan um, mystical style, but they just kind of turned off, turned out pretty flat. Like The Signs was a wicked take on aliens, you know? Yeah. And then Sixth Sense is like ghosts. Like those were good, but like The Happening, he was like trying to do environmental, like like whatever, and it was just like it turned off really lame. <laughs> I can, I can, I see where people definitely see the argument. Um, not the argument. What am I trying to say here? Definitely see why people don't like the movie. Right. Yeah, and I don't here. know if it's um, like he fell off, or maybe he just kind of his stu- his um his stuff just kind of got like fell off. It wasn't like he he kept making it the same movies like he was making, but people just stopped kind of liking that because there was also the factor too like his movies always had a like a major twist. In at least in the beginning, like there was always this su- sweet twist at the end like, "Oh, you know, he was a ghost the whole time." You know, like that kind of shit. Yeah, exactly. And that after a while, it's like when you you don't you, you get over that, you know, that whole it's like a gimmick. Dude, it's funny you say that because lately I've, I have a question for you okay. like, um, in regards to that topic. Please. Um, I've actually been wondering that because I've been listening to a lot of artists or watching a lot of movies from from, uh, from M. Night, for example, right. and thinking about that over the course of time for somebody who's like consistently putting out um, art in general, what happens? Because I've heard a, a few things recently of artists that I really like they I love their, their how they started I love their beginning work and I was thinking I'm like wait as they get older uh, you know why why do I like it less is it because that same question is it because they keep doing the same thing over and over or is it just not done as well and I and I've thought about that for the last 2 weeks and I think the conclusion I have at least is uh I think that especially with watching these Demon Shaman movies Six mm-hmm. Sense was one of the first ones that came out. Right. Happening was later. They all had that same, uh, like, you were always kind of waiting for a twist. They had certain things that you kind of loved about his movies. But uh, right. my conclusion is just that the earlier stuff was just done better straight up, man. That's what I think. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think if definitely if you go into just M. Night Shyamalan, it was the earlier stuff was just, it was more from the heart. It wasn't like, you know, his stories, they were more original, and, like, when it's coming out, like, no one saw that twist coming in The Sixth Sense, and then the whole, so the whole movie was kind of this whole, this big thing, and then, like, when he did it again with Signs, um, it was still good, but, like, you gotta also remember, like, 
he kind of did he did it with Unbreakable as well. Like I think Unbreakable was his second, and then he did Signs. So there's like a kind of a lull in there because because like I wouldn't consider Unbreakable like an, another one of his big um, uh, market hits. You know, like everyone I love the movie, but it wasn't like famous like Six Sense. Like most people don't even know about Unbreakable. Right. You know. So like that. With that said, it's like you can kind of see where he had like a waxing and waning in the beginning of his career. So like it was, it was like people trying to st- first get into his style. Like they loved the Sixth Sense, but they weren't really sure. And then, and then when he nailed it again with Signs, they're like, all right, this guy's fucking awesome. Let's check him out. And then Village did it again. And then like he kept going. So like once he hit his stride, it was like a matter of, yeah, like I think his style or his take just kind of um, got played out, you know, because he was doing, like, he had a very niche, like, oh, I'm, I'm making movies this way, I use a lot, of, like, he uses all the same, a lot of the same actors and, like, styles and stuff, like, he was using, he always had, like, um, supernatural stuff going on, so it was, like, since his was so specific, I would say that, yeah, it was, like, he was doing it great, and, like, you know, the happening, he was still doing it and doing it well. It was just, like, we'd seen enough of it. Like, it, you can you can only last so long in this one niche. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that really answers your question. I mean, that's a hard question. Like, I think my main, uh, the easiest way to answer it is just to say it's, like, case by case. Like, you can't really say overall, oh, um, people – that are better when they first start their careers. Cause you know, there's a lot of people too that like that had their careers and they didn't kick off until after they made a bunch of movies, you know? So it's, it just depends. I mean, I know I, I'm pretty, um, pretty keen on, uh, the M night Shyamalan stuff just cause I was a huge fan of his. Like, I mean, I still am. I still love those old movies, but again, like his newer stuff, it's kind of fell off. So I just, I just would say I was like really into him at his in the height of the M Night Shyamalan stuff. Like I would, I remember seeing all those in the theaters, like Village and stuff too. Hey man. Yeah. Which one? Devil, the one where the people get trapped in the elevator. Yeah, I saw that. Was that his movie, or was he like producing that movie? I, he had some part okay. in, uh, in creating that, that film. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that. Hey, man. Yeah. I thought that one was awesome. That Able, was I freaky. Think, but, uh, that? that was freaky. Like, the whole elevator setup, like, um, you're constantly questioning everyone in there. That was, like, really uh, well done. Yeah, yeah. Suspense was amazing in that movie. Mm-hmm. Did you know, like, when you were watching it, like, you know, there's like ten people in the elevator or whatever, or less. Like, were you constantly questioning the whole time too? Like, because I never could figure it out. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. I was the whole time I was trying to think who it was, who it was, mm-hmm. who it was, who it was. And uh, I had like mixed mixed thoughts on on the uh, the granny being the being the devil, but but nonetheless, the suspense was so good. I love the movie. Right. The granny popped out from the dead. I guess it was cool. I'm sure that was probably the point is that everybody's gone. So for that, whatever amount of time it mm-hmm. was before she, she spawned back up from the floor or the ceiling, I don't know, wherever right. the devil goes when it dies in an elevator. But um, 
that suspense where it's like, oh my God, wait, so who is it? Like, oh, you, you kind of freak out for a second mm-hmm. because it's, all your options are gone. And then, and then it, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was good. Then it I was good. I remember loving that movie. I thought it was really awesome. For sure. Yeah, it was like, it was one of those things, too, where there was no way you could could guess it. Like, they want it, they set you up. Like, they want you to keep thinking who it is, who it is, but there's no way to really figure it out because they, they just had it all planned out and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it was cool. You know what that reminds me of? Another movie. Um, have you ever seen uh, The Exam? The movie Exam? Exam? Ex- exam, like a test. It's called exam, E-X-A-M. Oh, exam. No, I actually have not. Okay, that's a good one. You should totally check that. Like, if you like those kind of movies, um, Devil reminds me of it a lot, too. Like, exam is this movie, and it's, like, ten random people pulled into this, like, like, I think it's, they think it's, like, a survey or something, you know? It's, like, they get, they pu- they get pulled into this weird room, like, it feels like you're in a bunker the whole time, and they have this, like, exam set up, and it's, like, you know, I can't, I saw it a while ago, I don't remember all the details, like, specifics, but basically, like, they're all trapped in there, and they have to, like, figure out the answers, and it turns into, like, but it's not, like, a test, it's, like, it's, like, a whole, like, mental, like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, like, they're trying to, they're trying to figure out the answer to this, like, hypothetical question, and, they and their their lives are on the line too. Like they can get killed. Like if they there's guards in the room and like if you approach a guard, he'll fucking shoot you. Like it's like life or death for some reason. Right. And I think it might be like a military thing. Like they might be all like recruited by the military or like related to the military. But but basically, it's like devil. It's like a real freaky like trapped in a room showdown. And you kind of like at the end, it's like the answer to the question it's like a really simple like thing um I'm, i know i'm not describing the the story well but like the suspense is killer yeah yeah it's like one of those one of those freaky movies i like those um those kind of scary movies they're not like bloody but they're like um suspenseful psychologically thrilling yes yes exactly love the thrillers you seen um you seen any new movies lately like theater wise? Yeah, yeah. L- let me think. The rest of recently, the last movie I saw in theaters was um. Is there sirens at your place? Nah. Okay, that must be at my place. Yeah, it's on the street. Never mind. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> What's the last movie you saw? Dude, every time somebody asks me this question. I draw a blank. It's like the question, like, what's your favorite band? Mm-hmm. And I, I do it every time. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll say what mine is because I, I actually get stumped by that too, the movie question, just because I, I, I love movies, but I just don't go to the theater that much. Right. Um, it's, I don't know what it is. Like, I mean, I, for one, I, like, watch a ton of movies at home. So when I go out, like, I don't really – like necessarily want to go to the movies, you know, like, um, I, that siren's really picking up on my mic, whatever, whatever, um, anyway, yeah, so, like, I don't go to the movies, so I can never think of what the last one I saw was, like, the only time I really go is, like, on a date, like, literally, it's, like, you know, sometimes, 
if if I go out with a girl, that's not even like my first choice. But like eventually, like it's like all right, well let's go to a movie. Last one I saw was Twenty One Jump Street. Did you see that movie? Dude, I just watched that movie two nights ago. Oh, dude, that movie's hilarious. So funny. Oh so my funny. god, I love that movie. So funny. Um, dude, me and my friend, I forget what we did. We got into um a situation like very similar to the you know the part where they're trying to throw up the pills yeah and like they, you know they have to fucking they try they, eventually they start like poking each other's throats and it looks really fucking weird yeah. <laughs> that part is hilarious by the way but anyway me and my friends got into something like that at work like we were um what were we doing we were like trying to hand off like cameras or something like that like where we both had to like um like ho- put a hand on the camera and you know it was like a weird handoff and ev- basically I thought of that scene I was like damn this looks a little gay like if you're just like from the outside what do you remember about that movie like what you did you like it yeah yeah, yeah. That, that movie was just uh I think my favorite my favorite part of that movie was Jonah Hill <laughs> yeah so funny man just anything he said in that movie was right was awesome I love his style man I was like just trying to Oh yeah, dude. He's one of my favorite, uh, my favorite like male comics out there right now. Comic actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. He's, 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 you go to a lot of uh, live comedy over there. Not not as much as I want to, man. I really should. Like I hear about um, a lot of shows, like you know, just online and stuff. Like they have um, a bunch of great clubs here. But no, I haven't been in a while. I mean, I I have gone to a bunch of improv. Um, I, I took some classes at Iowa West. It's like um, um, down on Hollywood, and they have really good shows. I've seen a couple other like uh, improvs, and then you know I've I've obviously seen a bunch of stand or seen some. Like I went to the improv and I saw stand up. I saw like Kevin Nealon there, and but recently no, like I I really need to fucking get my feet wet like at the comedy store or something. There's so many places. Like the one I've been wanting to go to is. There's a John Lovitz Comedy Club in uh, Universal City Walk, and on the weekends they record the podcast there. They have like Kevin Smith and uh, Ralph Garman and like people doing their um, they do their podcasts live. So like this show that would be on stage, and awesome. it's kind of I mean it's basically like a um, like a stand up setup. You know, you're at a bar, you're watching the show, but it's not like a jokes. They just kind of talk. Right, right, okay. Right. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that out here. I mean, um, for sure, for sure. It's just the thing, I don't I don't like going to bad shows anymore. Like, I saw so many bad shows, and yeah. I've been in a lot of bad shows, like like this one. I'm, I'm just playing. Um, no, but yeah, like, I just can't stand, um, like, I don't, I don't really like um, open mic or like I like I'll go to see like a pro like I'll go see like Joe Rogan do stand up or someone like like awesome but I'm not going to like fucking go to those um free amateur shows anymore. I'm not like saying I'm better than that. I'm just like I went through like 4 years of it in college and it's just like I can't take it anymore. No, no, that makes sense. Dude. You know what I'm saying? You might you yeah. might feel similarly about like music, you know, like I mean, I I, I kind of feel the same about music, but I just I haven't been to as many music shows. Like, that wasn't really my forte in school. But, you know, like, after you've seen so many, like, 
um, just, and I'm not saying that, like, up-and-comers are always bad, but, like, you know, like, I just, I don't want to see people that aren't really, like, that don't care, you know, like, it's, a lot of times it's, like, they don't even care, they're not really trying, you know, as long, like, if they're really trying, then, yeah, I'll check it out, but, like, a lot of times you just see these people, like, everyone thinks they can do a stand-up or a band or something. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, man, I think as long as you're, as long as you put 120% into it, it's, uh, Right. I don't know, man. You're you're inevitably like, yeah. Of course, when you first start, you might have some bad shows or whatever. But as long as you care, you're gonna inevitably get get your show to a point where it's gonna be really awesome. Uh, you right. know, within a next amount of time. But I know what you mean. Like, it's hard to sit through um, acts of any type, man. Whether no matter what it is, whether it's a, a you know a comedy act um, or you know, a singer songwriter, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I feel the same way, man. Like, it's, yeah. after you see X amount of shows, it's almost like your your taste develops, and it's you just I don't know, man. Right, and it's like I like to preface it like, like softly, just like I don't want to sound like a snob, like oh I'm too good for it, but like um it's just you know I've I've I paid my dues on the the shitty improv shows, dude. Like I did four years. Like I said, I did four years of improv while I was in Florida, and, like, I mean, I did a lot of bad shows, and most of them I was in, I'll admit. You know, I'm not going to act like I'm awesome. Like, most of the shows I, that were bad, I was doing the bad. But yeah. it, it's still, it's just, like, um, now it's, like, I, I only want to go if it's, like, you know, a fucking knockout. I'm not, like, there. But it, I, don't, I don't know how I got on that. Basically, you asked if I see any comedy shows. I haven't. I want to go. I want to go. Have you seen any comedy shows? I've seen, in my entire life, I have seen two comedy shows. Mm-hmm. One was a, a local, like kind of like an underground show. That was recent. That was like two days ago. And then one was uh, the first show I've ever been to in my life was at Viz Ansari. Nice. That's amazing. great. Yeah. Oh, my it God. Was, he would be hilarious. So, Tell me about that. Uh, it was amazing. I can't think of the opening act's name, but the opening act was amazing too. Mm-hmm. Like the show as a whole was like I don't I don't know the whole lot about I I've seen stand up on Comedy Central here and there. But I don't I'm like not in the scene. I wouldn't say I'm in the the comedy scene where I sure. know all the good up and coming artists and uh, mm-hmm. whatnot. Or do you call them that, man? Do you call up and coming comedians? Are they up and coming artists or are they up and coming comedians? Yeah, you can call them that. I mean, they're they're artists too. I, it's not. Artist does sound a little more musical, but yeah, they're like you know up and coming stand ups or comics, some, whatever you want to say. Comedy artists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, but that that show was at the UCF Arena. Oh wow. It was yeah, it was like five dollars to see Aziz and the. Uh, I, I want to say the opening act name was Joe something, but I'm not mm-hmm. 100 sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm almost as if he was from New York because I remember him telling telling some jokes and uh, about being home. Right. Were, I think. I mean, I might be all wrong. All I know is that show as a whole was not even exaggerating. 95% of the audience was cracking up, like, the, the entire time. Oh, like, I bet, was, dude. It was so good. Like, it was, like, in the, in like the one thing I didn't really realize about a live comedy is that it's way funnier when everybody in the room is cracking up. Like, being there live made it even more funny. For sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a crowd... Um, the laughs are contagious for real. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Dude, Aziz like, is amazing too. Like he's a real, um, 
like a I would say a energetic like hardcore stand up. Like I've seen his stuff, and he just goes. He's like one of those guys that's like so animated and like up on stage jumping around and like he's got all that crazy energy, right? He he's so uh, th- I guess the big thing like because I'm just now, you know, I saw that show and I saw like a local dude local show was awesome too, man. Like it, right. it was funny and I guess the big difference I see, man, in the in stand up comedy artists um is like it's the uh. It's man, it's the writing, man. Is I mean, the delivery is super important as well. It's kind of how you tell the jokes, but uh, the writing. I, I I know like Aziz. It's like the writing is just so I guess on another level. Like everything, yeah. like, like the actual what he's talking about. His content, man, was so funny, dude. Yeah, it's so really cl- really clever. Like stuff you would never yeah. like. You could that's like you would never think of. Like where do they think of that? Is what I'm always thinking. Exactly, man. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's like whether it's comedy or music, whereas some of the, I guess, I, I guess I have seen a few uh, comedy artists or comedians at open mics as well. And that's the big difference I see is in the content was like, it's kind of uncomparable. I mean, I'm sure I just, that's a bad, that's like saying, I don't know, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I saw you play last week, Colby Peters, but you just, you weren't really as good as Michael Jackson. You know, you're like, you have a lot of, you have a lot of work. To do. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. content and the writing the cleverness of the uh, and the originality of, of the jokes is like the huge huge defining difference that i saw for sure of, uh, the amateurs versus versus the pros the amateurs like it's just not just i could not quite as clever man you know what i mean yeah yeah i got you for sure yeah and like they have they have a way um way better writing and they're almost more universal, like, appeal, like, it's, because, like, you know, Aziz is, tours the whole fucking country, probably the world, you know, like, he, he's tested that shit out, and he, it plays well on everyone, uh, a lot of local comics, I find, do local comedy, you know, like, they're yeah, just talking right. about Orlando, or LA, or whatever, and it's, like, that stuff's funny, and it's, a lot of times, it is funnier to, like, play to your audience, but there's also another level when you have that, like, uh, you know, universal. world, yeah, universal, worldwide appeal that those that like Aziz has, and he's awesome. Hey, did I was gonna ask him? Did he do the Randy thing? Oh my! Wait, wait, wait. the uh, he has like really a bit where he like he like plays and he has a fake stand-up guy that he does. He might not actually do it, do this act, this bit anymore. It's like he does like a Randy, and it's like it's like him making fun of stand-up. I don't know if he he threw that in there or not. Yeah. You know what? But I heard I heard uh, he didn't do it that night. But the people I went with was like the whole time they're like, "Yeah, he's Randy." They kept saying Randy, Randy, Randy. So I've heard of that, but I hadn't. He didn't do it that night. Yeah, he probably doesn't do it anymore. Like it was really big, maybe like a couple of years ago, and he actually ended up doing some um, spinoffs of it. Like he did like a he did. I think they were just videos on YouTube or something. But he did like. Uh, or funnier die maybe, but he did like videos of him as as Randy. It's basically his like, it's like his his um alternate stand up character. Like instead of Aziz, he comes on as Randy, and he kind of right. like he kind of like makes fun of other stand ups. Like it's almost like a a joke on like other extreme stand up guys, like uh, maybe like a, a Chris Rock or a or a Dane Cook or. Or, you know, those guys that are, like, just, like, really, like, over the top and just, like, crazy. And they, 
I don't know. I, I can't even just fully describe it, but like it's it's hilarious. He used to do that. Aziz used to do that a lot. Yeah, yeah, dude. I I, I actually have haven't seen it. I've heard it's so hilarious. Yeah, he's he's fucking good, dude. I just and now now that I'm thinking, um, my the I remember the last stand up that I saw. And it actually wasn't even in L.A. I was back in Florida like a month ago, and we went to um, Captain Brian's Comedy Club and we saw Tim Meadows. Oh, how was that? That was good. It was really funny. I mean, he's cool. Um, not like the craziest, like funniest stand-up actually. Like he's just like, cause he's he's more of like an acting guy. Like, I, and I could tell like. You know, he wasn't. He was just kind of like telling stories up there, and not like not like that many joke jokes, yeah, which was good. It was like it was like cool, and like it was also just like the fact it was like you know you, you, we all know Tim Meadows, like you know legend. Ten years on Saturday Night Live, played like every single character. He did like Ladies Man and shit like that. Anyway, um, yeah, it was great. But actually, I remember all me and all my friends that went like we all thought the opening act was, like, a lot funnier. Which is weird. I mean, I, there's not a lot of shows where you can say that, but, like, again, it's I think it's because of the whole Tim Meadows thing. Like, you know, it was, like, the guy before him was, like, a straight-up old-school stand-up. Stand-up guy, like, did a lot of jokes. And he was also, um, like, but he wasn't famous or anything. Like, I, I you might, like, you might be famous for, like, stand-up or, like, like um touring or something but he wasn't like a name anyone would know i can't i don't really remember right now but basically he's this tall italian guy he's like pretty old and but he was hilarious like and he you know what he did he did awesome crowd work that was like so funny he was like ripping on everyone in the crowd oh no way yeah oh yeah he was like and there was a couple people where it got uncomfortable he was like digging into them like for a long time and I was just like, oh, my God. Like, some people started to get squirmy, and it was just like – but it was so funny, dude. Like, you couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and – Yeah, it was good. It was good. And then Tim Meadows, it was awesome just to see Tim Meadows. It was like – he was really he was really funny, too. But, again, like I said, like, he wasn't, like, um, joke funny. Like, you know, probably how Aziz was with all – his jokes were, like, really punchy. Like, uh, Tim Meadows was more real. He kind of, like, talked about himself, and, like, he was talking about, like, it was more, like, stories. Like, he had some stuff about his family. He, like, got in a divorce, and, like, there was a lot of laughs in there, but it wasn't, like, like a stand-up laugh. And one of the funny other parts I remember about that show was, like, he commented because there was no black people there. And it was just so funny. He's like, oh, look, there's, all, there's one black person, and he's, he's cleaning the dishes. And it was just like it was like really awkward, but it was it was true. Like you know, Tim Meadows was standing up there, and there the whole place was full. There was like a hundred or so people there. It was like one hundred fifty people in the in the bar, and no black people. You know, this is like, and um, it's it's probably weird for him like touring around the country. But like when you live in Naples, and the show was on Marco Island. I mean, dude, you can't you can't fucking find a a black person on Marco if you're in a scavenger hunt for your life. <laughs> You're just like fuck it, whatever. Incredibly, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Part-time part uh, radio host, part-time comedian. Yes, that's me, Brooks. 
the funny radio host. So, dude, um, did you listen to um, did you listen to our first show? I mean, the one yeah. the one you were on. I did. Yeah, what'd you think? I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was sick, right? Yeah, my favorite part is the first five minutes when you call my mom and wish her happy pops. <laughs> you, yeah, <laughs> you like that? Dude, I was so it was so awkward, like, and uh, but not like bad, like, cause your mom was cool, like she didn't even care. But I was just like, oh my god, and like I'm recording, so and I knew to just keep it rolling, like I'm just gonna go with this. <laughs> and then I don't know why I told her Happy Father's Day, like I was just like an awkward moment. <laughs> it made it worse. I was trying to. I was also trying to throw her off, like, oh, she, like she can't be mad at me. You were the happy Well, and like I was thinking about that too, like, because I knew it was Father's Day. Like I mentioned it in the right before, so like I was just, like throwing it in there, whatever. Did you talk to your mom about that? Uh, yeah. Like the the next time I spoke to her, I asked her if she heard. The, I'm like, have you listened to the show? And she's like, yep, I heard myself on there. Like, Congratulations, mom. She listened to it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, she thought it was funny. Did, what did she think about being on there? She didn't care? Oh, no, no, she thought it was funny, man. <laughs> okay, cool. Because um, a lot, sometimes I don't always ask for people's permission or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool, man. That reminds me, you're going to have to sign a waiver. I'm going to email you a form. It's a release. Uh, you're releasing your likeness and your rights to all materials submitted to The Brooks Show. Uh, basically, I own you. You are you are now fucking full Brooks Show cast member. How do you feel about that? Sweet. I feel pretty good about it. Fucking A, dude. You are our official music and drumming consultant. Okay, cool. How many requests do you get for drumming uh, questions on average? You'd be surprised. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. You'd be surprised, dude. People want to know about drumsticks. Um, they don't want to know about symbols. They want to know about form. You know which way? How are you swinging at those drums? Which hand are you hitting them with? And we won't get into all that shit now, because I mean we're just fucking jamming out. We don't have to talk about music. That's another thing. You don't have to talk about music. That's true. You know what I'm saying? That's why we talk about movies and stand ups and shit. Like we're just jamming out, bro. We're just fucking broing down. Here's a question. Now, here's my next question for okay. you. Hit me. Did you watch the NBA championship series? Fuck yeah. I, uh, against the Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma City Thunder. Right. That is correct. And I'm glad that you can barely remember them because they fucking suck. <laughs> Dude, all right. Here's an interesting fact that I just learned of um, maybe five days ago. Tell me. Actually, I learned it like two days after the series. Okay. Uh, I can't remember what that is, so five days is... Just spit it out. Yeah. All right. Anyways, so basically, I didn't realize that half of the starting lineup 
and I believe five key players from the Oklahoma City Thunder are younger than me. Wow. That's so, crazy. So, yeah, they lost, but they did. They're, you know, second place in the NBA, um, that's an amazing finish. That's an mm-hmm. astonishing finish. For sure. But to think that Kevin Durant is 23 years old, mm-hmm. and so is their, their uh, Westbrook, you know, the star, I uh, believe he's a star point guard, is 22, is like, that team is going to be incredible for the next five years at least, yeah. if not longer. Yeah, dude, if they can keep it together, they've got a big future. I mean, they're fucking, they're set up. They already made it almost all the way, you know, like, and I don't feel like a lot of those guys are going to take off. I mean, they, I mean, they've got reason to stay there. I mean, they know they can fucking go, go. It's just like this year, I think it was like a thing that was like Miami is like unstoppable. They're like an all-star team compared to like Oklahoma City is like a fucking, a new up and coming. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he were more experienced. Mm-hmm. Dude, so, okay, there, you said half of the Oklahoma City is younger than you. You're 25, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 25 as well. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty, you know, that is pretty young. I mean, considering, you know, you like all the guys on the Heat are definitely older than 25. Like LeBron's 27. He's the youngest one. Um, I think the next is like you know like there's like thirty and whatnot. You know they probably have some starters that are younger, but but yeah, like under twenty five is fucking young. I don't the NBA like they they get them pretty young, but it is it's definitely young for like a championship worthy team. Yeah, yeah, that's insane, man. Yeah, there's so many of them too. It's not like one guy. It's like mm-hmm. they had at least five guys under the age of twenty three. Mm-hmm. I'm like that's it's like mind blowing to me. For sure. Yeah, and it's crazy that they can, um, with with the they don't they have so much talent. Like, cause that team's just like all talent. Obviously, they don't they don't have um, the years to have as much experience. But once they right. get like a, even just another year or two of experience, like they're gonna be f- fucking set up. You know who else might be uh, contending for next year's title? Unfortunately, it probably won't be the Orlando Magic, but I hear that the Los Angeles Lakers are trying to get Dwight Howard. That'd be good. In which case, that team will be, if, like, they're going to be dominant then. Oh, like, yeah. They're going to be amazing. Kobe Bryant and Dwight Howard. Will That's be. awesome. Yeah, that would be good. I mean, um, I heard about that, too. I, I kind of, you know, in L.A., I follow the Lakers a little bit. I just hear a lot about them. Um, I'm still a Heat fan, you know, first, yeah. first and foremost, but... Um, you know, Lakers are cool too. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I think they need to fill a couple spots for the Lakers. You know, like they had a good team this year, but it was just you know they lost um, Odom, and I don't think they ever really kind of fi- fully filled that in. Like because last year they were obviously more on top of it. I don't know if it's the coach or the players, but yeah, the Lakers are still you know top squad. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. That's pretty cool, man. It. Uh, I just remember seeing Kevin Durant, age twenty three. Like, made me rethink. I'm like, wait. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, what am I doing? Like, what have I done with my life? Like, dude, like, I've been doing like, that all wow. year, man. Like, doesn't it feel like that when you turn twenty five? You're like, oh my god, now I'm old. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's it's such a it's. I don't know. The age of twenty five is like, it's old. I feel like especially in the 
in the in the music world, man, or like mm-hmm. the pop world. Twenty five is like I feel like it's twenty eight is like the end, man. Like if you haven't done, you know, if you're like <laughs> yeah. twenty eight to thirty, and it's like you kind of as far as being a pop artist, like your chances are you. I mean, not that you can't happen, you know what I mean? But it's like right. I feel like a, you kind of got to do a lot of those things. Young other genres, you know, it doesn't really. A lot of the country artists are middle aged, and sure to be to be a real real musician, musician like all star musician. I would say like Pat Metheny, the guitarist. I don't think age even that doesn't even. A lot of the fans are not fans for the way he dresses, or you know, it's all about the content of what he's doing. So you could be any age person. Oh yeah, I mean it's not really, but it's hard to ignore when you see, you know, people younger than you like coming up. Like I always think about that when I see like you know, these new comics, and, like, there's a couple girl comics out now, and they're, like, 19, 20, and they're, like, doing stand-ups, and they're getting all this hype, and, I mean, I don't really do stand-up, but, you know, I just kind of think that way still, like, about um, comedy and, like, entertainment, like, I see someone younger, and it's, like, you know, I, 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 up until this last couple years, like, I was always the young guy, like, the youngest. Yeah, right, right. I was used to that, and, like, I, I feel like you probably were, too, and, in drumming and in bands, like, like, you know, before, like, maybe the last couple of years, like, when you're around your 20s, like, you always feel, I always felt like I was the young guy, and I was, like, stepping up with these, these other people, like, learning from them, and then now it's, like, the, now there's actually younger people coming in. Yeah, for sure. It's weird. For sure. No, I definitely, I've had, like, a, I don't know if you want to call it a stylistic crisis over the last couple months, but, uh, I've been really, 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 as far as, like, um, music has gone, trying to really pinpoint, like, the sound once and for all that I want to be known as. You know, I want to, mm-hmm. you think of Coley Peters as a as a solo artist. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when I want to play with other bands, like, that's, that's a different story. But um, and I always wonder, like, man, if I made my own music, like, what would I be? What would I do? Right. And over the years, like, it always changes, and it's always, like, I want to try this, I want to try that, this, that. So it's like, I think I've just finally really, really come to terms mm-hmm. with, like, what I found is, uh, I guess it's all about finding yourself, you know, like, mm-hmm. no matter, and that's a hard thing because, uh, I don't know, a lot of times, like, I, I, I naturally write more technical, technical uh, music. Right. And, uh, and I had a big crisis because I'm, like, a big freak out because the response of it, you know, I kind of, I guess I subconsciously worried that that would put me, a lot of people, it, it wasn't accessible to a lot of people. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. And dude, I had like this like mild freak out. I'm like, oh my God, man, like maybe I should like, you know, simplify things a little bit. And I've learned, man, over the last year that it's like, that's just not me, dude. Like, sure. I, like the simpler music, I love listening. I love all kinds of music, but it's to listen to music and to create music or art or film or whatever. Or it's like, Right. You know, it's two different things, man, because, uh, I don't know, I think everybody has to really find themselves. Moral yeah. of the story, I think I just found it, though. Like, at age 25, I think I, I can, like, say today, these, I know the sound, and, like, the next thing that I release on my own, well, which will actually be my first solo release, is going to have the sound that I'm looking for, and that I'll probably create for, like, a long time, man. Or the That's good. At all. It'll get, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty you know, stoked about that. And then it's kind of like, I just had to, come to terms with uh like just i don't really care man i, th- I thought of it like this man you know uh, when uh, i was kind of juggling around and 
figuring out what kind of music or what kind of style I wanted to put out, I thought of it in these terms. If nothing ever happens, say, you know, there never it never gets signed, it never gets big or any of that, like, what would you do? Like, just for you, to, what would you do if you're sitting in a room and you're creating for fun? What would you make? It's like, that's how I feel you'll ultimately know honestly what you are or what you create. You know, with with this sort of pure thought of enjoying it and making it for yourself. Sure. I think it'll come out the best that way too, man. Whether whether people like it or not, the people that do will probably like it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. You got to be true to yourself. I mean, especially when you're an artist. Um, yeah. And like you said, it apl- Like you said at one point, it applies to everything. Art, like if you're doing music or movies or comedy, like you got to start off. I feel like being true to yourself. I mean, as I don't think that's the only way to go, but like. If you want to feel good about it, end of the day, like that's that's what you got to do. I mean, otherwise you're you're just like either playing a style you think people like, and it's you you know you're kind of like a sellout. You're not fully expressing yourself, or you know you're just you're just you know you're trying. You can do that still and still fail or or fall short. You know, like you and then and then you're just like um, you're just playing to the crowd and you don't ever find out what you really are. Like, I feel like you can see through a lot of um, artists that are not themselves. I feel like it's very recognizable. Like, you know what I mean? And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's just the one thing that I know that's happened to me is like, yeah. when you make, when you create what you ultimately want to create, and right. you get to that point where it's like, I don't really care anymore. Like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Like, I've just been way happier. Honestly, like, I'm just like super, I don't really care. Like, I used to get super stressed, man, like, when I'm, before we put putting out stuff, like, oh, my God, like, how do I don't know the response is going to be. I would, like, get, like, very, like, anxious and, like, ah, oh, like, you got to love it. Like, sure. so hung up on that, you know what I mean? Like, to the point where it's, like, changed the way that I would naturally do things, mm-hmm. almost, you know what I mean? Yeah, you start and, uh, catering. Yeah, 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 man. That's, I don't know, man, so. And I, and the thing, uh, the thing, too, that I find is, um, that is difficult about that is um, especially if you want to go, I mean, it's easy to just do what you want, but it's hard to like find success in it. Like, I guess what I'm trying to get at is like um, there is an, there is, I feel like in my mind for what I do, there's a certain like amount, there is some catering. Like I'm at some point I do want people to listen. Like I'm not trying to freak people out or go way off the wall or anything like I want I want to do what I want to do and then at the same time have people enjoy it because like what I want to do is you know kind of entertain and make people laugh so it's like you have at some point cater but then also be true to yourself you know you can't you can't um just try to make stuff that people like like you got to be doing something on your own too like some kind of original voice yeah yeah, yeah. that's Exactly what you said is is the point, man. Uh, that I've been thinking about a lot lately, man. I'm so curious, like for the next stuff when I eventually get around to it. I don't, I, I don't know when it's gonna be exactly when I like actually legitimately put out like a solo release or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, that's what I'm really interested in because uh, exactly what you said. You can make something that you love, and if nobody else likes it, well, then it's not really going anywhere. So it's kind of you could make yourself happy, but then you're not really. You know what I mean? You're not getting the full effect of actually becoming a professional, you know, artist. Right. 
Yeah, because you want to eventually, you know, have an audience play shows for them. Um, you know, s- you know, give them new CDs and songs to listen to. So it's like a balance. It's a tough balance too, and yeah, I, yeah. you know, it's 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 weird, and I think that's a lot of, you know, the balance is a lot of what it is when you're figuring out how to um, put yourself out there and like you know get a crowd, get an audience. It's like that's the hardest part like anyone and especially nowadays with with um you know technology and cheap cheapness of microphones and stuff like anyone can make a song or a a video but it's a matter of now it's a matter of like finding a crowd and like putting it out there and getting something good that you can get behind and other people like yeah yeah i mean at the end of the day no matter how much you know some president of a record company or you know somebody that's uh, gonna put out your film or you know budget or marketing they can love it love it love it love it but if it's not gonna make them money it's there's no point in really doing it you know what i mean yeah yeah that's what it is it's you gotta be able to sell it and um i like i mean I, there's also a lot more um because it's for one it is easier to make stuff now so it's like you know, production costs are down, so anyone can make a song or a or a video. And then also on top of that, there's more um, venues for 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 um, putting your stuff out there. You can put it online in a hundred different places. You know, people can download your music or they can watch your videos online. And then also that kind of gets the word out. And then there's tons of m- new. Um, radio shows there's tons of new um you know podcasts and then tv shows cable there's more channels than there's ever been so it's like there's a lot more chances to get your shit you know to the public yeah that's for sure i do mm-hmm. I, I have a question for you mm-hmm. do you think it's easier or harder to get your stuff out like yes there is the internet yes there's youtube yes there are more ways of getting your material out to the public but at the same time there's Ten times the amount of people doing that. Right. So, That's a good question. I mean, what it is is, yeah, what it is is like, um, it's definitely it's that's kind of like a two part question because the first answer is yes, it's definitely is easier to get your stuff out there, like to put it out, like on on a website or you know a blog. There's a ton of different ways to do it as far as like uploading a song or a video, but then. On the second hand, like the second part of the question, it's like there is an oversaturation now. So there's more artists out there getting that play. So so it's almost like, I don't know, I want to say it's almost like the same as it ever was. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, it's just it's just like the medium has changed. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say it's the same as it ever was. Like, I think it's just the same, it's not the same way, it's... Okay, here's what it is. Um, the game, here, how would I say it? It's like, um, hold on a second. Okay, so I guess I would say it like the games, the players have changed, but the game stays the same. You know what I mean? Like, like, like the players, there's more players, but the game is like, it's still a game of like getting people to listen to your music like people to like your style and stuff like that 
um, you have more of a chance to do it now, but there's also more people doing it. I don't, I don't, it's, it's tough. It's tough to answer that. I'm kind of wrapped around it right now, trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's good, you know what I'm saying? What, how, what would your take be on it? I don't know, man. I think it's a uh, – I don't know how difficult it was, you know, back in 1971 to, you know, uh, become successful mm-hmm. with art. And uh, – but I'm sure – I feel like it's – the misconception is, oh, man, you can put out music everywhere. It's like, yeah, it's so much easier to get – famous quote-unquote or popular or build a fan base or have a following mm-hmm. but the thing is is like say you have a hundred people and you have three artists well for those hundred people to choose from each artist has more people when you have a hundred artists and a hundred people even though 50 of them could be amazing they, i feel like they can only get so many because you know as a consumer if you're out there and you are a fan of whatever it is filmmaking or you know I'm, I'm, if you're a really, really, uh, what do you want to call it, analytical type of person and you get into this certain director, I'm right. sure you have like a, a list of your five to ten directors Sure. and you watch all of their movies, even mm-hmm. though, yeah, there could be another 300 out there that are just as good. It's almost like you're so consumed in your favorites because, dude, if you follow ten movie directors, like that's kind of a lot, man. Like, yeah, ten directors. They each probably have ten movies. I mean, yeah, that that could yeah. be enough. That could be enough for, exactly for so many years and years and years. If you don't really technically, do you need do, do like does does the average person need any more than that? You know what I mean? It's right. kind of like so. Using that logic, it's kind of like I don't know, man. There's it's, it's <laughs> the answer, but I did I do know this, man. I know that I've heard tons of uh, in the music scene, tons of groups that are amazing. Mm-hmm. That are still technically quote unquote local bands, like they're at sure. status. And, I, and, and and you know, I just I always say it, man. I know like a good five. I swear, if someone if somebody like gives them a chance, they they'll they like right. these bands will, will will. I mean, I don't know if they'll, you'll, they'll blow up like as in like be on the billboards, but they'll be like a they'll get a national following. Mm-hmm. Like they are, they're groups that you go out and see. There may be thirty people, but twenty eight people every time are amazed by it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're solid, like you know they're good. Like it's something, yeah, and there's yeah. something about art that where you see it and you, you just know it's good. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a movie or, or a, a CD can be like that. And you know n- now that I think about it more, and hearing hearing what you thought about the whole, um, you know, it, I guess w- what would we call this discussion? Like the revolution, you know, like a technolo- technology meets art. Yeah, you know, like reference to uh, art. Right, in reference to, like, production and then um, eventually, like, you know, getting your, getting commercial or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, I was going to say was, I think what it is, okay, because when you, I also thought about this when you said 1970, and so say you were, say you were doing your thing in 1970, um, I think you, you would have less of a chance to actually break out, because in 1970, it's like, there's there, the only way you're gonna get into a, a record a recording studio is you know if you have a bunch of money you get lucky or like you know you find the right manager or producer that will put you in there and a lot of times managers and producers they're just like they're just trying to sell something so like they put in 
they would put in like bands like when the Beatles were popular, they put in a bunch of bands that are like the Beatles. You know, like they're not necessarily looking for good music. They're like or looking for new music. They're like playing off of the trend. Right. So like if and say that was happening now, it's like now it's like everyone has a chance at least. Like so before most people wouldn't even have a chance to record a song or make a video. Right. But now it's like everyone has a chance, so there is, um, there is that factor of oversaturation. But at the same time, it levels the playing field because now it's not like as much about who you know, like or who's gonna get you into the studio or market your music. It's just like, you know, if you're good, you'll get found. You know, like and you put your stuff out there, like they'll figure you out. Like you'll get you'll get pulled up because you you had that chance. Like you were able to record a demo at home on your computer and you know you wouldn't have been able to do that 50 years ago yeah i agree i agree with that shit you wouldn't have been able to do that 10 years ago that's true yeah i think like uh with that with that same uh on that same thought i think the most invaluable thing an artist can do today and you hear it all over the place, and it, it, it's easier said than done, but it's to build a fan base, obviously, a following. Like like you said, anybody can go record. So it's like, I feel like the, for people that are going to stand out now, it's, it's more than just, hey, I have something that sounds good. I feel like if you say that, it's like, well, cool, so does everybody else. Everybody's recording out of their house. The, the real selling point is, hey, I have something that sounds, that sounds good, and we also can draw this many people in these areas and it happened like consistently we have this many like dedicated fans and a big a big big misconception is what is a fan you know what i mean and i've always considered a fan is not i mean to me it's not somebody that clicks like on your facebook page that like i feel like a fan is somebody who listens to your releases when they come out and goes to your shows will pay money to come see you perform right and then you know supports you like buy your merch like those are those are like, you know, like a true fan. Like, there's certain artists I would say I'm a true fan of Circus Survive. Whenever they tour through Florida, I'm at their shows. I'm like, I'm buying their tickets every time. Every time I would say that's a band I'm a true fan of. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people think they have a lot of fans. Like, yeah, man, we got, but, but in reality, they have a lot of friends. You right. Know, friends versus fans. And that's a big, big line. Totally. And, and really, totally. When it comes down to it, man, I think it's. I think it's really hard, man. A lot harder than a lot of people realize to build a fan base. Mm-hmm. Not your friends, not your friends, but fans who like what you do, who will pay to support you as a from the beginning, like as a small time artist. You know, sure. Like that. And I think that's the most valuable thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that speaks, man. Like mm-hmm. rather than we have this product, it's like I think we, the more of the selling point today is. At least, at least from what I've seen, is we have this many dedicated fans who show up to see us consistently, and well, they pay for us to play. Like, you know, you go to a show and you see fans, not like the friends that are not really paying attention to what's going on, but they're kind of there to hang. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a difference between like, I totally get that. That's a good point. Um, there's total difference between just people that'll check you out on check out your website versus like come to your show. Like, there's like a big difference when. You're talking about, like, your friends that listen to your stuff because they're your friends, or there's, like, people you don't know that found your song, and they fucking love it, and they want to hear you in live and all that shit. Yeah, exactly, man. And I feel like that's hard, man. 
it gets that because the more and more good products that are available, like that becomes harder and harder and harder, and harder yeah. as well. I so totally, kind of like, totally. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Because like it, I think too, like that's that's what's changed now. Like with the with the technology um, and stuff, like it's like they ha- since the people have more options then it's harder to get fans because they're going to get, like, a lot of people will go more specific and a lot of people, you know, before, I think, you know, 10, even 10 years ago, like, if you think about the 90s, like, people were more taken in what they were fed. Yeah, right, 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 right. Like, they would just, like, okay, Backstreet Boys are on MTV and we're supposed to like them, like, let's all go to their shows. You know, they might not, that might not necessarily be what they truly liked, but it was, like, the best option they had that was fed to them, you know? Yeah. And now it's, like, you know, you know, people still are fed to now, but it's, like, you're less likely to just roll with it, like, because you can just go online and find what you want, you know? And then, like, so now, so that, I think, too, that has to do, also do with, like, saturation, because there's, um, there's more things for them to choose from, so everyone's all the attention has been split so let's say let's say um you know backstreet boys they had 50 million fans back in the day well now those that 50 million fans they're not all going to stay together and follow the next boy band they're going to split up and now there's like you know there's 10 million that are going to justin bieber there's 10 million that are going to lady gaga um it's just like fucking you know, it splits up more now. There's more options. No, that's, that's, that's for sure, man. And with the more options, it's like, I feel like another thing that that creates is, which I'm going to say, man, I I am a victim of doing this because of the available technology, is that it's easy for people who are once your fans to discontinue being your fan because, say, you put out a record. It's amazing. They love it. You love it. Oh, man, this is so good. The next one comes out. Oh, man, it's not as good. Oh, man, well, here's 10 other new groups that I'm now seeing on the Internet. Oh, this mm-hmm. is awesome. Now I'm their fan. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, it's easy to jump and, like, just kind of put your attention. Like you said, if all you knew was Backstreet, dude, you, would, you didn't even know about all the other cool boy bands say, that were coming out. So you would just be totally dedicated to that, to that artist. Sure. Whereas now it's like, oh, say Backstreet puts out a few things that you're like, ah, it's not my favorite. Well, you, it's easy. It's, you have uh, the accessibility to the other 20 awesome boy bands that you can now hear. And if you like something better, you, it's almost like you can just straight up right there on the spot discontinue your, you know what I mean? It's easier For to sure. find somebody to replace what you once liked. And somebody better and somebody this, you know, somebody more hip and somebody more. You're finding those people, man. And I think like that. I think that's a big part of it too. The uh, having a long-lasting fan base. But but at the same time, it's like you can also look at it as a challenge, man. I don't know how it's going to go, but I feel like somewhere in the midst of all this, it's like to really hold a fan base. I feel like you're going to have to be doing something really like awesome, man. Like you can't lose their attention. Like there there is no room to put out a bad record. Like you yeah. have to put out a good record, and the next thing you put out has to be a good. Yeah. You, like have, you have to hold these people because there's going to be, because now they know of 20 other artists or they can find them so easily that it's like you have to, you know, I guess more competitive in a sense, man. It is more competitive and it's also like less forgiving, I think now. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a lot a lot of times, um, I think in the past, you know, artists, 
you know, they, they have their CDs and there could be one that's kind of like a lull or it's not as good. And, you know, people would still buy it and roll with it and then move on to the next one. But now it's like, now it's less forgiving. Like if you come out with one, you could just fall off the charts if you just bomb a CD because, you know, everyone's just, no, there's not as much loyalty, I think. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, and le- it's just like, a, it's one of those things where, um, pe- I think it's also, that also has to do with attention spans, like, that s- people's attention spans have changed, and they're like, they're less likely to um, just sit around and wait, like, they're just, it's more of like a click around culture, and, you know, I'm going to go to this site, and this site, and I'm, I'm sick of that, I'm going to blah, 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 it's just like, everything is different. Yeah, pretty much, man, that's, it also, like, Another interesting uh, point. I think it can, on the on the plus side of things, if you're an artist that's quote unquote not a mainstream type of artist, or a filmmaker that's not making that universal. I think with the internet, like I feel for those artists, like the underground artists, I feel like they're in a way better position than they've ever been because, you know, if it was all run by the uh, like, if you weren't mainstream, then you're nothing. It was kind of that approach. Like, you know, every the whole the whole business is controlled by the, you know, four, four labels or whatever. If you're in that situation, you have zero chance. Mm-hmm. At least, I feel like if you can be a non-mainstream type of group, um, but do something really well, I feel like you do have a chance. And you, you all sure. you need is a certain number of dedicated followers to really help you boost off. So I feel like there's... Dude, it's true. Dude, that you know what that reminds me of is specifically um, is, and I brought this up with friends before. You know Kevin Smith, the movie maker. He did like Clerks and Dogma and some of those funny movies. Well, his latest movie pretty much falls into kind of like what you were saying. Um, He did Red State like a year ago. Um, Have you heard of Red State? You seen that one? Okay, it's cool. It's crazy though. It's like it's really um dark like it's like a black I don't I don't want to say black comedy. It's like a weird um scary movie and it's very different than what Kevin Smith normally does. Like he's normally um he's normally like a comic and like he does really funny movies, so this is like a twist. And then it's also like even but all of his movies are in that are in like a niche little style where it's like he never really goes big and breaks out mainstream, but he still has his, like, solid underground fan base that if he, yeah. if he plays to them, he's going to get, he's going to, he's going to sell, but he, he, he's finally, like, he's kind of figured out how to, um, I don't want to say lower your expectations, but, like, he's figured out how to, um, kind of aim for that audience and not, like, so, for example, Red State, like, it could, that movie, he made that movie for, like, five million dollars on purpose, like, he could have gotten a bigger, bigger budget or a smaller budget, but he's like, he's like, I'm just gonna spend five million because I know I can make that back. Right, right. As opposed to like he, like he could have done a forty million, like he did a forty million dollar movie a couple years ago, Cop Out, and he said, I don't want to do it for forty million. Like I, I, I just, I know I'm not gonna make that back. Like we should just try to do it smaller. But like this, it was a studio picture, and they're like, no, we're making it big. It's gonna have Bruce Willis and blah blah blah. And, you know, come to find out, it didn't make that money back. That's like, he, no one was surprised in Kevin Smith's camp. So, like, for the next movie, he's like, I'm just going to make it for $5 million. And then he did something else that was, like, unheard of um, for movies. It was, like, basically, he took it on tour. He didn't, he didn't put it out in theaters and, like, normal, like, 
like through a distributor. Okay. He took the movie and he went on tour like the- city to city, theater to theater, and played it for people and sold tickets like it was a concert. Yeah, it was awesome, and it, it was like a revolutionary idea, and and yeah, after that, and then he's he went on to do DVDs and Netflix, like he made his money back, and the, and then a profit, you know, he made over five million back, and it it was kind of falls into what you're saying, where like, um, the whole like the niche culture that's like below, like you might not break out, but like if you hold strong to your little clique, then you know you're gonna do good, you're gonna stay working. Exactly, man. And I think like that's uh, that's the strategy for nowadays. That's what like a lot of bands do too, where they're like, you know, there there might not ever be another Beatles that's like number one everywhere. You know, like that might not happen again. But like, there's all these subcultures in music. Like as long as Circus Survive keeps playing that that heavy post hardcore stuff, like they're gonna get that heavy post hardcore crowd. But they're still never gonna get like someone that used to listen to Backstreet Boys or something else, like, they're going to go to, like, Justin Bieber or Lady Gaga. That's, like, the the fallout of the whole pop culture. Right, right. Yeah, man. That's, that's, that's I mean, that's one, one thing that's changed in my mind, even over the last five years, is uh, exactly that, like, a, more of a realistic expectation. Yeah. Instead of shooting for, like, I remember, like, growing up, I mean, dude, all kids, man, you're growing up, it's like, if you're trying to do something like, if you're making films, you probably want to be this guy. You want your movies in the movie theaters everywhere. And if you're mm-hmm. an artist, you want to be all over the radio. And you know, I'm sure that's like a normal thought for you know being a young a young kid and whatnot. But uh, you know, somewhere in the last five years, man, it's like yeah, the goals even for me personally have changed, man. Like because that for that same idea, it's like you just need X amount of dedicated followers. Like I, I look at it like it's you don't doesn't matter if everybody likes you. It doesn't matter if you're accepted here or there. As long as you're accepted to X amount of people. Right. Which is like how many people are in the world, like you can find those people I think for almost anything you're doing and if, if if you, you know, have are passionate towards it and like we said earlier, like if, as long as you care. If sure. you care, man, you can you there I believe there is a way to find maybe you won't be the next big thing and all over and hit songs in the billboards, you know, maybe you won't be like the next world but I think if you build X amount of people, you realistically can do it. You know, just do right. it as a profession. You know, and that's a real. I think that's one of the realistic. Kind yeah, of and it's like a thing too. Like I want to ca- put a caveat on it because it's not like you're settling or trying to, um, you know, just just do the bare minimum thing. Because right. it's like, but it's like a. I think it's a reaction to just the times and the culture and the technology and people's attention spans like you just got to kind of play off of that and realize that there's not that many like that 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 um those big okay like for example big blockbuster movies like like they don't really happen as much anymore i mean the avengers kind of throws me off on that argument because that one was like the biggest movie of all time but and that just happened but but if you think about it like that those avengers type hits they don't happen as much anymore yeah you know, like, it used to be, like, two, like, once or twice a year, and now it's, like, I think the last one that you would compare to Avengers would be, like, Avatar, like, a couple years ago. Right, right, that's true. And then you think back, like, in the 90s, we had, like, blockbusters every fucking couple of months. They had, like, Jurassic Park and Titanic and, like, all this shit. Like, it was, like, a lot bigger deal, but now it's, like, more about focusing on a market and, like, kind of, like, setting um, realistic expectations because 
you know, it's not it's not like ever, anything's guaranteed anymore as far as like fans and like people showing up and buying. All right, dude. I think we're getting ready to wrap this thing up. How are you doing on time over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing awesome, man. I gotta, I gotta start getting ready for the show. Cool, man. We'll have fun at your show, dude. Thanks for coming on mine, my show again. Yeah, yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. Anytime. It's always, it's always a lot of fun. For sure, man. It's fun talking to you. It's fun getting it, getting in some um, other topics today. We gotta keep the conversation flowing. Um, um. So, uh, your show. You're at, you're in Orlando. What's it called? The Haven. Yeah, yeah, the Haven Lounge. The Haven Lounge in Orlando. What time? Uh, 8 p.m. 8 o'clock on Mondays. Make sure you check that out if you're in the area. And then um, hopefully, since I plugged you twice, you can plug my show at your show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Colby, yeah. thanks for coming on this week. This has been the Brooks Show, Episode 7. Um, have a good one, everybody. All right, see you, Brooks.